Welcome everyone to episode seven of Chewing Fat with Melf and Grimmy. And today we're going to be talking about winning at all costs, Melf. Welcome to Chewing the Fat with Melf and Grimmy. Two PTs talking about life inside and outside of the fitness industry. Win at all costs. I know that we've been around that environment enough to experience how interesting that approach is, isn't it? Yeah, and I think this was initially inspired by the recent Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance on Netflix, which if you haven't watched, you need to watch. Without a doubt. Even if you don't like basketball, yeah. he is one of the legends. But it's great to see the whole interaction between the coaches and him, the media, and also just his own teammates. So you learn a massive amount about that winning mentality that he has. Yeah, I mean, absolute admiration for him and what he achieved over his career. But we just wanted to cover today, really, should fitness be competitive? Now, that can be anything from weight loss challenges, step challenges, sports such as weightlifting, powerlifting, or even CrossFit-style comps. It's interesting because I did look up three ways you can define competition. Okay. And the competition is a person or people you are competing with. For example, if you're cycling along the road, someone overtakes you, then you try and keep up. So that's one. A competition is an event in which many people take part in order to find out who is the best at that particular activity. For example, the women's 100 meter Olympic final. And the final one is, is a situation in which two or more people or groups are trying to get something which not everyone can have, like competing for a trophy. Relating to myself, I've experienced all three of those ones. How about yourself, Matt? To be honest, as a teenager, I was not really that good at sport, from being honest. I think maybe the first thing done was judo, and I was like too big for the under-13s or something, and a bit too small for the men's. So I remember first judo competition, I was like 14, and competing in a men's competition. And I got wow. thrown around that mat like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Can you remember back then why you decided to compete at judo? Yeah, I think for, for myself, it was a, a bit like a bit of pressure from your coach as well that you should compete. This is a competitive sport, so you should compete. But I think initially, after that, it probably did put me off competing for a while, probably because more of an embarrassment thing. I mean, the rest of the teenagers, I played like the standard football and maybe one sport I was probably actually enjoyed and very good at was basketball. But there was no real competition in this country when it comes to basketball. And it's important to, for me, compete in something that you actually enjoy. It makes it mm. a bit more relevant to getting something out of it rather than doing something just purely to win. And that's one of the topics we'll be discussing today, why we compete. Yeah, I think that's the thing, like we use the, co the word competition, but that can be anything kind of related to yeah. winning of some sort. Like I've always found that probably as I've got a little bit older as well, I've probably been more competitive within business with what I do with CC of the gym. Even in my mum saying when I was a kid, I used, to, I used to be the one who used to organise the events and the sports and the games of football. I like to be yeah. the facilitator as it were. Um, yes. ex that's exactly like a 
like what I enjoy doing now is like putting on big events, like sort of seeing them play out. And that's probably where I get more of my buzz on when it comes to competing in fitness is more holding events than actually probably doing events myself. Competitions have been going on for as far as we know, really, Matt. I mean, it, you've only got to look back to ancient Greek Olympic Games as far as 776 BC. And what were they like back then? Good? Well, I can only imagine. I, <laughs> I thought you were there. I thought, I thought you won the 100 metre final. <laughs> <laughs> I can only remember my times back with Milo of Proton. If the listeners don't know who that is, refer back to the two podcasts to go and have a little listen. Why would someone compete in fitness as a whole? Why would someone want to do it? Good question. And a mixture, you receive a gratification from other people. Whether that's a good thing or not, we'll discuss mm. shortly. Also, you have self-accomplishments, just that feeling of you've accomplished something, a measure to motivate yourself to aim to do something. So mm. sometimes it's nice to train during the week for rugby to compete at the weekend and going back to the gratification from other people in your opinion Matt do you think that's a good or bad thing I'm not sure actually I'm on the fence with this a little bit it's a bit annoying because I shouldn't be on the fence I should be a bit more decisive with my decision but I guess gratification from other people would probably mean more acceptance within a group of people if you almost take up a, a new hobby such as running and you get good at it and you win a race or hit a PB, then you almost get that little fist bump after all that high five and it makes you feel good about yourself and kind of have acceptance within maybe that running group. What's your thoughts, mate? Mixed thoughts. And I had to get a bit of help from a specialist. You know, I like to pull out these oh, crazy names. You love Here it. we go. Here and we this go. man is a Dr. Sander van der Linden. Yes, and made up. Surely. Say what, it'd be a cracking DJ name. <laughs> but this man here is an assistant professor, a university lecturer in social psychology in the Department of Psychology at the University of Cambridge and director of the Cambridge Social Decision Making Lab. So before going to Cambridge, he held posts at Princeton and Yale University. And he says, a competition by its very nature is what psychologists call an extrinsic incentive. Hmm extrinsic simply means that the motivation to adopt a behavior or decision is sourced externally rather than internally an example is like when you do something because you get a reward and a fundamental characteristic and downside of nearly all extrinsic incentives is that they only tend to work for as long as the incentive is maintained for example yeah. you decide to change your dietary habits to prepare for a lad's holiday to Ibiza and then as soon as you get back you resort back to your unhealthy eating after the holiday has ended because there's no real need to do anymore because you've had your holiday, you feel good on the beach. And yeah, and the opposite of that is what he calls intrinsic motivation when we are intrinsically motivated to do something. So help others or save an energy for the planet. So we do it not because of an external reward, but simply because we are personally convinced that is the right thing to do. And that's not like good or evil, but rather to morality, he says. Just to finish off, he says, long-standing research has shown that the ability to be compassionate, empathize with others, and to care about the natural world are evolutionarily adaptive behavioral traits. The psychologists call this the helper's high. So it suggests that doing good actually makes people feel good, but yeah. psychologically as well as physically, helping behavior often releases feel-good neurotransmitters. So I would personally say most goals are extrinsically motivated then when it comes to it. 
to give people an incentive to lose some body mm. fat, win a, a competition of some sort, win a race, yes. whatever it is. But yeah, I've always, I'm always been a big fan. Like when it comes to choosing a goal, I've always probably chosen a goal because I enjoy the process more than the end goal sometimes. Like our last fitness competition, Mike, I booked that because I thought to myself, I need some focus when it comes to training. I need something that's going to make me go to the gym because yes. on that day, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to finish last. So that almost motivated me to get my ass in the gym and train. Now, when it comes to you, mate, do you have any sort of like massive self-accomplishment moments in your athletic career whatsoever? Yeah, a couple of which come to mind. During my sort of youth, I think my coach asked me, he said, Melford, what do you want to do? And I said, right, I want to play rugby for England, sir. And he, as any young English rugby player will probably say. And it took me a while to get there, but I did finally achieve that goal when I was at university, representing England universities at Twickenham. Mm. However, like you say, the process of it is often the most challenging. And even though the reward is very short term, but you get the more of a, a high from having overcome all the challenges. Purely, I had two knee operations leading up to it. Many times attending trials and not getting in, not playing three years in the first team. So I didn't get qualification for it and then having to wait another year. So hmm. it's amazing what you have to go through to achieve a goal. But once you achieve it, it's more the satisfaction of having worked your backside off to do it. And like you mentioned before, with our recent CrossFit competition, the planning that we put in to keep ourselves focused helped us with yeah. that, didn't it? It's kind of almost that saying, isn't it? The process versus the PB. It's lovely if you get a PB at the end of it, but the process is the bigger portion of it. The PB is just the, the final moment yeah. of that strength cycle of all that rugby training or yes the, a weight loss challenge you've been doing like your progress pictures like the pbs and it the whole process yeah. before that is the important thing i was going to ask you matt what would you say are the negatives of just being competitive in general so i think there is such thing as being too competitive and being a bad loser as well when it comes mm. to unsportsmanlike behavior bringing negativity mm. i can think of times when we was at a crossfit gym for those who don't know what crossfit is it is a mixture of weightlifting gymnastics and conditioning and you do like perform like a daily workout called a wad workout of the day and where you're scored on like time or reps or whatever it may be and what happens is at this crossfit gym you they write your name on the board and how many reps you've done for that workout and what I used to notice is every single person who'd come for the door would look at the whiteboard straight away to see what their mates have got in the previous session. Now, you can look at this two ways. You can look at it as, as a quite a positive thing that people are going to want to try and get a quicker time or do more reps than their, their mates. But then it almost facilitates this unsportsmanlike behavior like cheating or cutting corners or finishing things really badly. Yeah, just for that winning sensation. You can apply this to so many different sports. Being a, an Arsenal fan, and I have to look back to Thierry Henry when he handballed that goal for France against Ireland in the qualifier. And he wanted to win so much that it led to that unsportsmanlike behaviour. And you see it all levels in any sport. Hmm. And that's almost like a real negative side of it. And it brings out the best and the worst in this sometimes in that heat of the moment. As you know, I like my TED Talks. Well, <laughs> I don't do them, but I like listening to them. Maybe one day. <laughs> Maybe one day we uh, TED Talks on, I don't know, it'll be on 
have to be a boring old man. That would be my one. (laughs) (laughs) One guy called uh, George Vita. He is a business advisor and contributor on TEDx Talks. And he talks about creating, not competing. He says, if you struggle in the competitive plane, then it's really hard to sustain this long-term joy. So if you're only going for these short-term fixes of constantly trying to win, then you're not going to be happy long-term as well. So if your goal is just to win so someone else can't win, then he says, is that going to ever satisfy you long-term? So you're focusing on taking the win away from other people rather than focusing on what you want to get out of it as well. We could take this back to the time when you came into the CrossFit gym and you had two 30 deadlifts and I was like, right. All I thought was, how can I take that away from you? And not in a nasty way, but I just thought I want to be on that board. And I just thought of every other way to try and get my deadlift up. My goal was to be a better crossfitter. And I just lost that focus. <laughs> Deadlifting every day. That's so yeah. bad. <laughs> just sometimes the, you just lose focus of what you're doing because you're only off that short-term gratification. 100%. And I think that's the thing is when, like you said, when you, when you're trying to almost compete and against someone and even like in the gym environment, which we're going to come to later, but I think can be a bit strange sometimes is that you more susceptible to injury. Like I remember going on like an old tale and I managed to qualify for this competition years ago called battle of the beast. And it was the first time I've done like a proper like arena competition literally trained so hard to get into this competition learned loads of new movements i've never done before and i remember getting to the day and being absolutely exhausted yeah i was trying to do loads of things i hadn't done before train two three times a day and i remember for probably the next five months after that competition i was chronically tired fatigued just my body giving up on me because i was trying to push myself this hard to get into this competition just to kind of carry on there we're not bashing crossfit at all i mean i love crossfit i still train using the the same sort of methodologies and i'll always be grateful for what crossfit has done for my career as a as a trainer but also as an athlete so we're not bashing that at all we're just using that as an example of how the modern day competitive element of what we've been experienced can can bring out the worst in other individuals and and can cause you to overtrain yourself and over so yeah. I did a poll on my Instagram story this week, Matt, about gym competitiveness, and it was about seventy percent. I believe people voted that yes, they do get competitive in the gym, even with people that don't know. For example, if you're on the treadmill and someone gets on next to you straight away, some people felt that they were more conscious of what that person next to them was running at, what speed. So they felt the need to then keep their speed up and almost lose focus of why they're there. Yeah, this can be a carryover, not just in CrossFit in the gym, this can be carried over into everyday life if you look about it. If uh, mm. Sharon two doors down loses a stone and a half on Slimming World or whatever, and uh, yeah. you're not doing too well in it, you're going to be a little bit competitive about it, which also has quite a lot of negatives as well, because you know yeah. people can do some god-awful diets, training yeah. regimes in order to get a result. Yeah. And I guess it's like this winning at all costs mentality. Um, yeah. Elf, as you are a professional sportsman, have you ever cheated or cut corners at any point? Be honest, ever. I caught, used to do this run called figure of eights or figure of fours. Start in the middle of the pitch and you run to one corner of the pitch, then you run across the one line, then back across the pitch again and up the other lines. The coach said, right, guys, do not cut past the cone. 
if you say disciplined. And yeah, a couple of times I definitely did cut the corner a little bit just to get that extra advantage. Unbelievable, Melf. I cannot believe. No, sorry, guys. Yeah, unbelievable. No, yeah, just don't tell my ex rugby coach. He's still a scary man. So uh, <laughs> I was listening to another guy called Kaven Astamani, and he backs up the point that if we want to win, stop trying to beat other people. And he says, relative is negative. So research tells us that the more we compare ourselves to other people, the less happy we are and the more insecure we get. So we, when we start focusing on what the other person is doing, we lose focus on what we're doing. If I compare myself to, say, Cristiano Ronaldo, I say, right, well, he can do this, this trick. He can score the free kick from 30 yards. I can't only do it from 20 yards. I'm going to make myself feel pretty awful because I'm going to compare myself against someone who I'm never going to attain to. And that's just me being realistic. Anyone can compare themselves against anyone. And there's always someone who's got more accomplishments. But not to stress about having to get more and more and more too much. He says, regardless of what happens in your life and who's responsible for it, there's a learning curve. It's a really good way to just take a step back and just take care of your own mental health. The more we try to compete too much and try to win, 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 we just lose that focus on, on what we're actually doing. And always remember out there, Melf, there's always an eight-year-old Chinese weightlifter girl who's warming up <laughs> yeah. your program. Just saying. Um, but yeah, like I think especially now when it comes to social pressure, now more people are using social media. Like before, you wouldn't even know half these people out here. You wouldn't have a clue. No. Like, but now it's everywhere. So you can see how people maybe get sucked into the pressure of training, being the best, earning money, looking the best. And I think in my early 20s, I probably did fall to that pressure a little bit. I mean, in my early 20s, this is probably a shoot yourself in the foot moment for a PT. But in my early, early 20s, I did take steroids for quite a few years. Um, okay. and I did have a lot of pressure to look a certain way. I trained a lot of bodybuilding back then. So in bodybuilding world, it is a little bit more acceptable to take steroids because it is essentially a steroid sport unless you're doing a natural bodybuilding competition. Foolishly not knowing what I was doing, how I was doing it, and then eventually, you know, I fell to injury and illness in build up to a competition because I took some wrong dosages. I was lifting way yeah. heavy. My ligaments and tendons weren't adjusting to the weight I was lifting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always like to make people aware that, you know, I've, I've taken steroids in the past as well, just to sort of warn anyone that it's not a long term solution. I'm not going to advocate steroids whatsoever. I don't think anyone should be really doing them. I mean, when it comes to elite level sport, you can see how steroids become temptation or banned substances become temptation yeah. because there's big money, big contracts available. Yeah. So you can see how athletes give into it. But as a regular average Joe competing amateur level, there's no place. We were speaking offline about this earlier. The fitter you get, the harder it gets to maintain that. Mm. And it's difficult because like you mentioned before pressures and reading this and that and just wanting to win people sometimes make the wrong choices yeah and you can see how much obviously the desire is to win yeah especially mm, when, there's, when there's big money involved i think when the incentives that big as well you can see how professional sportsmen such as like lance armstrong will yeah. go down that route yeah and you've got that side of of competing but you've also got non-performance enhancement side of things which people struggle with mm. stuff like 
nervousness and mm. some people might train really well but when it gets to a time to show off what they've trained for they struggle and mm. how do you generally deal with nerves yourself i quite enjoy competition because i've always think it's, it's just that icing on the cake of the day all the work is done before in training and if you prepare your training properly then the competition will be not easy but you'd be well prepared for it so when i'm in the gym and doing workouts against other coaches and we're pushing each other i'm not that focused on winning within the gym i want to move well move efficiently not not get injured obviously and not get caught up in the competition in the gym because i see the gym as the place to train for me so when it comes to training day that is time where i'm going to go my upper end limits and i'm going to push myself but if i've got everything in place then i'm confident on the day i'm going to have fun and enjoy it and um, how about yourself mate i used to do some prospect comps where i knew i was not going to win and that's not being negative that was being realistic i knew that there were guys there who on paper were much better athletes but that doesn't mean that i wasn't going to compete i thought right okay my goal is to maybe finish between this bracket so i'd always feel like i'm achieving something so whenever you're doing anything the goal has to be specific measurable and also just realistic as well there's no point me going to a a national crossfit come thinking right mike i'm going to win this when realistically i knew i wasn't going to be in that top 10 if i could aim for maybe top 20 then that would be a bonus but realistically i'd always aim between 20 and 30 you've got people who know they're not going to win but still go to compete and then people those who think they have a chance of winning and it changes slightly mentality wise so in the comps where I was close to the top, sometimes I would change my approach whereby, right, if I could finish ahead of this person in this event, that would give me more points. So you start thinking about things differently. In hindsight, perhaps I should have just gone to perform my best at each event, like mm. I would do if I was just going along to a, a, an event which I knew I'd finish mid-table. So two different types of approaches where you're trying to get too clever sometimes that can affect your actual performance if you know that you only have to finish fifth in an event to win competition that can affect your approach to it whereas if you go out to do your best in every single event that can sometimes help worrying about everyone else and focusing on your own personal achievements and personal gains i think having people around you who are better than you or around the same level is key to train with i train with guys up at the crossfit medway gym went on nights where I knew there were guys there who were better than me so I knew that if I could stay in touch with these guys I knew I was getting better fitter and stronger yeah. and likewise when I was training with you guys it changed my mentality rather than oh I'm not going there because I know I'm not going to win it's like right I need to do this because if I want to get better these guys are better than me that if I can stay in touch with them I think that's the thing isn't it it's, it's for kind of finding a measure almost as well not trying to win at all costs and just cut corners and finish a few reps ahead of someone even though you've cut a few corners yeah. is actually making yourself train with people that are physically fitter stronger because yeah. that that in the day is going to bring you up yeah. yeah when me and my wife used to rent a place down by the um, esplanade there was a difference between our 5k times but we still wanted to run together and push ourselves so what we used to do was my wife used to start a few minutes ahead of me so she knew her goal was to work hard so that she could stay ahead of me. And my goal was to work hard to try and catch her up and ultimately finish around the same sort of time when we got home. So mm. I didn't really care about her beating me and she didn't no. really care about me beating her. It's more about she knew that I would be on her tail. So she had to maintain her 
intensity then. Yeah. So Matt, a few minutes before preparing for an event, have you used, sorry, any visualization techniques? Yeah, I'm quite a big fan of them actually. I do like to visualize how a workout feels. I know areas where I'm going to push within that workout. I know areas where I'm going to hold back. And yet yeah. again, I'm sure a lot of other sportsmen and sportswomen can relate this to something like running, knowing certain parts of the race they're going to push, certain parts they're going to sort of hold back a little bit. How about yourself, mate? I was lucky enough to play at Twickenham again. And I had this guy opposite me, the winger. And this guy was about six foot two. And, and he ended up going to be a professional player. And he wiped the floor of me that game. Not only did we lose that game, but I also had a pretty average performance and beaten by the better person. And that stuck with me for my next game. I thought, right, I clearly wasn't in the right mind frame for that game. The man was better than me, but I could have played better myself. So next time I had a big cup final or a, a big event, I was able to learn from my mistakes of how to prepare better, visualize myself doing things a lot better. Yeah. And that massively helped me. Always learn from your mistakes. So I think for me personally, I get quite a lot of motivation so I don't embarrass myself. So yeah. in our recent competition, and we competed together as a, a, a partner, as it were, in this CrossFit competition, I've never won a CrossFit style competition before. So this is the first time I've won it. But I think for, like, for me personally, being a gym owner of CSU now, I didn't want that embarrassment of not doing well in this competition. I wanted to kind of set a standard for members, clients, that I'm going to do the best I can and apply myself when I'm going to, when it comes to competition. So for me, that was quite a big motivator to not embarrass myself on that day. Have you got any sort of stories where you've felt embarrassed during a workout? You've turned up unprepared or? Many times. Turn up for a game of rugby half cut before. On well, the night really... out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Times. So I used to go out on a Friday night when I first started playing for Canterbury on the beers and then turn up on Saturday, half cup, play. And then it wasn't until I got concussed one game that I stopped doing it. I learned the hard way. So like you said, we trained so hard for that comp. We wanted to give our, the best version of ourselves. Mm. You know, now being older athletes and being more mature and what we represent, we felt we had to represent ourselves, but also our, our clients essentially that, you know, this is what we preach to people about how to, prepare for stuff and it was only right that we deliver leading us to concluding today's podcast Matt another quote from Dr Sander it's time we start doing the right thing for the right reasons and what would be your one thing to take away you always put me right on the spot at the end and <laughs> you knew it was coming you so, knew it by <laughs> Vince Lombardi former NFL coach it was a Google job I've got to say um, and I, I quite like this quote it was winning isn't everything wanting to win is which I think is quite fitting yeah. because Love that. I think whatever you want to do in life you want to do well but yes. being number one you, you don't need to worry about being number one and everything there is always someone out there who's going to be fitter stronger leaner whatever it may be so just be the best version you can of yourself be like Grimmy <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right Melf thank you very much for episode 7 um, I hope you enjoy this podcast as always any shares any comments yeah. any likes any follows are oh, much appreciated Melf you have the final word today 
mate, you've got one more day left for your birthday week. So enjoy that. And everyone else, stay safe. What do you think? <laughs>